Good afternoon, everyone. And this is Andy Caruza with another Nacho Tuesday. And to me, today we have Dimitro with Chanty. And here he's uh, he's here today to introduce us to his new product, Shanty. And we're going to talk we're going to talk today about building collaborative global teams. Uh, so without further ado, uh, Dimitro, would love to hear if you could uh, introduce your company to us and tell us what you do. Hey guys, nice to meet you and thank you for inviting Andy. Uh, yes, my name is Dimitro Okonev. I'm a founder of Chanty. Uh, it's been six years um, We are first year profitable. We do communication and collaboration platform. It's like an um, all-in-one tool with business instant messenger, video calling solution, and task manager. And it's all at very, very affordable price. Very cool. Uh, so how, how did you get started in, in your career? Uh, where did all this start? And how did you uh, get down the path towards uh, launching Chanty? Yeah, so um, I was running an agency and we got big clients, enterprises. And um, on the other side, I was um, having some suppliers, which were small organizations. So I had to manage all this communication between, you know, big, small teams, globally distributed all over the world. So yeah, back then there was no such solution. Um, so yeah, everything was like really clunky. So I decided to build one and this is how we started. It took me five years to actually create the visionary and the idea. Um, yes, Slack became on the market, so actually build up the market for where we operate now. Um, yeah, at um, 2017, um, I was able to push my vision with the right team. And actually, yes, we were financially savvy to start. Great. Um, so what are your thoughts on our today's globalized business environment? How do you recommend companies take advantage of the opportunity to uh, you know, find team members across the globe and collaborate with them, possibly using your tool? Yeah, so um, look, we are a global company. We, we have offices um, even now, but before COVID, we were in the two locations and we all were remote from the day one. Um, right now, the speed of information exchange is faster than ever. Yeah. So, First, um, we, we support this mission through our software because we transfer the information in the very appealing form, you know, yeah, just in no time. Oh, that's great. So, uh, yeah, you guys are a remote first company, so you guys kind of started the whole trend, huh? Yeah. Nobody's copying you guys. <laughs> um, so what tips would you do for, uh, what, what tips would you offer for recommending finding uh, the right talent globally? Uh, where could it say a U.S. company, which is a lot of our audience, look for to find um, great talent, say in Europe and you know other places? Yeah, um, look, I was hiring on all the continents uh, people working from uh, U.S., from Latin, from Asia, from Europe, of course. Um, so yes, this was always a challenge for me. We tried many things. So agencies, uh, we tried LinkedIn outreach. It all works from time to time. My advice is to not look a lot on the resume, but run more in the test, maybe like a test week, broke um, week or test day, um, and see how the person fits the team. Yeah, that's a great point. So maybe a site like Upwork even could be a kind of a good place to go where, you know, maybe you hire somebody on a freelance contract just to do a couple hours here and there, then you know, love the way they work, love the way they fit in with the team, and you could bring them on fully on board from there. 
Yeah, look, empathy is um, one of the meaning of this word is actually the balance between, uh, you know, of your uh, few stages of life. So we do appreciate the work-life balance. And uh, if somebody wants to work on their own, like a freelancer or like a contractor, manage their time like they want, we, we fully support that. That's a great point. Um, what, what's your experience working with agencies? Uh, are, are they expensive? Or are they better at finding talent? Um, it depends, um, especially on the roles. So um, for the operational roles, I think um, the agencies are better. Their fees are not high, and they have experience usually. Um, for some technical roles, um, my experience is like natural, because mm-hmm. usually you invest a lot of time into the qualifying the candidate after the agency was uh, was looking for that. So for me, then the benefit of the agency is not that high because you know our hiring team still have to spend lots of time by evaluating the candidate. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, even then, on top of all that, <laughs> uh, where where you know, say a startup uh, founder is trying to find a technical partner. Uh, what areas of the world have you seen a, as a good place to find a technical technical partner? I've seen, you know, for me, a lot of great people out of Colombia, of all places, a lot of a lot of developers in uh, Eastern Europe as well. Um, do you have any recommendations around that? Yeah, I would I would say that you might look into your time zone more or less. So mm-hmm. with the, where you are, if you are in U.S., then Uruguay is definitely an option for you. Yeah. Um, for Europe, yes, the all new Europe, Ukraine could be Poland. Um, yeah, we have people there who are working for us. Yeah. Um, in Asia, Philippines and uh, Vietnam is the very, very strong guys. Wow, that's a pretty big spread you got there. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, you guys definitely understand building col- collaborative global teams. <laughs> Um, so I guess what other uh, considerations would you keep in mind when, you know, hiring a team member and knowing if they're a, a good fit for your team from day one and uh, maybe some tips for onboarding them properly, especially if you haven't even met them in real life yet, <laughs> you know, especially since you guys have been remote for so many years. Yeah, um, we support diversity and inclusion in uh, all kinds. I mean, we are building the global product and if your business are global, then you should have a global team to avoid the culture. So yes, uh, for us it was like um, always a mission. And, uh, we have a company playbook that is like the onboarding processes, and then um, yeah, we have one-to-one meetings usually daily on the beginning, and then switch into uh, weekly. Mm-hmm. Send ups and every team and OKR. Um, yeah, um, we do have these happy hours when we can just. Off, you know, and uh, have some, like a mutual exchange. Usually, our staff is very interested, like really interested to, uh, you know, um, talk with the their colleagues from different countries to understand what are their conditions. Totally. <laughs> yeah, no, we see the same thing too. We're pretty spread out across the globe. Uh, global uh, remote first team as well. Now, myself included, I've worked with people in you know pretty much any country you can imagine over the years, and uh, you know it's great like learning about people's culture. And some people I've even you know worked with them for years, never met them in person until after the company was sold, or you know later on, like five, ten years later, even, and you're like, 
it's, you know, it's great to finally see him in person, but, you know, to be able to get so much done uh, with somebody that you've never met before, it's quite a, it's quite incredible. Uh, so what other tips do you offer for uh, making sure that your, your team is in sync across all these time zones? Um, you know, I, I think you make a great point that people from different backgrounds could bring a lot of uh, diverse opinions and, and, and skill sets to the table that I think really can help build the super team, but how to keep everybody together on the, uh, on the same page across all the different time zones, cultural differences, even maybe even language differences. I mean, engineers and uh, marketing guys don't even communicate the right way, even if they both speak English. <laughs> In English yeah, I know. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, this is all under our skin. Um, well, first of all, you should leverage the tools like uh, that we have, you know, <laughs> communication, um, instant communication, you know, when uh, you have like, a channel that you can just plug in and it's like a virtual button room. Um, you should have time out of work. So not only talk about the task, but also like making this sort of like a happy hour when you can just have a mutual exchange, basically talk about not work. Yeah. Discuss our dogs, discuss our kids, <laughs> stuff like that. That's kind of for sure. Um, yes, and then promoting the cultural exchange, understanding, um, scheduling this uh, virtual meeting, obviously in the time that is suitable for everybody is the key. Yeah. Communication for us, and, and what kind of tools do you guys use? Um, kind of a plug here, but uh, what tools do you guys use to keep everybody uh, everybody on the same page uh, with their communications? Well, we we build Chanty by using Chanty. Yeah? Yep, <laughs> that's a plug. I know. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, well, that's why we build it because we have there the business instant messenger. I mean, everybody back. Um, then we have um, video and audio calling, so we are replacing Zoom. Then they have their Kanban boards to replace our travel. Yes, which is sustainable. Yeah, sounds like you guys are made for this thing. <laughs> um, so I guess, can you give us some examples of some startups that you see that are doing it right when it comes to running effective global operations, even as a small team? Look, there are many examples. For example, this Buffer it was like a really small company and um, they, they run pretty well. Media and so on. Um, WhatsApp, uh, 13 people when they were like a billion users. Yep. The 13 uh, people included the chief. Yep. And I think uh, somebody like a message broker. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's not depending on the size of the team. Sometimes you really should be small in order to deliver big, just because to avoid this chaos around you. Mm -hmm. So oh, yes, of course, at the start of the time to be lean. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and uh, you should be always on the page. So we, we use the collaborative tools a lot. We, we do information. It's better to over-communicate you know, than under-communicate. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. It's, uh, it's always key to kind of reiterate a point or ask people a question. Did you get that? It's not, it's not rude. It's just a clarification thing. So... Um, what's left unsaid <laughs> causes problems. So, uh, when in doubt, always uh, raise a raise your hand and ask the question. <laughs> yeah, of course. 
Great. So what other, uh, I guess, global trends do you see over the next few years for, uh, you know, kind of this globalization in business? Um, what other workplace trends do you see that will become important in the next five years? Yeah, sure. Um, look, um, I think everybody talks about this through the AI. I mean, uh, of course, artificial intelligence technologies, the business automation, um, that will be, that will win. Um, in my opinion, the workplaces will remain hybrid, so it means that we will work from home, but sometimes we work from office. And the value of the, you know, person to person, like really personal communication, will be higher than ever. Yeah. Yeah, and all tools around that could uh, help you to uh, support your global missions. In the same time, this. Um, you know, having like a really face-to-face -face contact would be like really, really, you know, a precious. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, it's good for companies, you know, our team as well. You know, we've made a point to, uh, even if some of us are working across the country to go visit each other. Um, one of our engineers came up actually from Brazil to come visit the Northwest. When I was in the Northwest, I'm in New York now, but uh, came up there to kind of see us for a couple of weeks and uh, hang out with the team. And, you know, it was really good to see people live in person. Um, I definitely recommend every team does it. Yeah, um, like some sort of retreats um, is, is really nice. I mean, um, if company can support this mission, we can all meet into some um, country where you know, lots of fun and see each other. And, uh, you know, it depends again location that U.S. could Costa Rica, uh, Europe, there are too many places where you can actually hang out. Um, yeah. So, yeah, this, this is really nice, especially when you work with people. That's great. Um, are you guys going to ever do a global event? Would you bring the whole team together? We did. Um, we did. So that was really, really nice. Yes, we have incredible photos. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, especially now that you guys are profitable, <laughs> they're gonna. Everybody's gonna be coming at you for marketing budgets. <laughs> Look out for those guys. <laughs> um, so uh, I guess failure comes with any prof profession. Um, you know, I love talking about failure. You know, for myself personally, but you know, also with other entrepreneurs. Um, you know, I find that you know when we fail, we can learn so much from it if we're open to it, and you know, makes us better people and more prepared the next time around. And you know, it's uh, the whole thing that we're doing here called entrepreneurship is a, is a marathon, not a race. Um, so I guess, could you tell us about a time that you failed and what did you learn from that? Oh, look, Andy, I'm failing every day. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, yeah, look, um, we, we support the culture of experiment. So we're the experiment driven company. Um, I'm trying to set up scientific experiments in every area of our operation. Yes, sometimes, um, yeah, these experiments, they deliver really lame results. But yes, it's the experiment and it should be controllable. You should understand that, okay, my expectation is like that. So I can measure it this way. That's the work. And um, yeah, you can learn from that something, then do another experiment based on top of that. Um, I, I did fail in the underestimating of importance of delegating that. Um, yeah. I was, I was always under impression that I do uh, a lot myself, 
but then I learned that okay, the um, time is simply not enough, and if somebody can do uh, the delegated task with at least eighty percent efficiency, yeah, then you should delegate it. Uh, obviously, you should hire people that are better than yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, it's it's hard for founders, especially, to let go and you know uh, build you know, the confidence in uh, delegating the work to other people, right? But if you, you know, really focus on recruitment and getting the right talent on your team, and, you know, that's a great point there. If you feel like the, the founders are always the best, right, <laughs> when it comes to, uh, you know, knowing how to sell their product, it's their vision and whatnot. But, you know, finding good people to put in, put in a place that could really help scale the amount of work effort that they can put out. Um, you know, I, I do see a lot of founders flounder on that <laughs> where they don't want to delegate any tasks and they're trying to do everything themselves. And you know that that becomes a bottleneck at some point too. So that'll that'll really mess up your growth. Um, yeah. So it's a great idea to get you know focus on hiring the right team members with some of the tips that you provided earlier. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, every um, every employee in our company has its own uh, the domain of responsibility. Mm -hmm. So I'm telling them you should treat it like. Um, yeah, like your house. I mean, um, you are the boss here in your dedicated area. And uh, we do not do like micromanagement or like we did not set up the 10 tasks per day. Yes, some people are really are surprised when they enter our company and then they see that we have no tasks, that you should do the tasks for you yourself. Um, yeah. And if you're specializing on something, you know, better, how to be like efficient um, in your domain. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I guess what challenges did you guys face as a company um, and how did you overcome those? You know, I'm sure uh, going remote first was kind of interesting as an experiment in the beginning days. Uh, so, you know, you guys are probably well equipped for that now, obviously. Well, um, the remote first from the day one back then um, mm. was um, really a while ago. Um, Look, we did not have such powerful technology like Google Meet, like Zoom, you know. We build uh, our own technology. We can hold like 500 people and they call online. Video. So, um, yes, we did this like brilliant piece of technology back then. Um, now we see that it's like, uh, getting adoption and everybody. Mm -hmm. You can ask your grandma to call you on Zoom. Yeah. Um, the uh, early challenges were to obviously to find the right team, um, build a strong team that uh, understand our working processes and set up them, and be um, like developing our unique value proposition to market as efficiently on the market to get the product market fit. That was a very very big problem. Hope that we almost solved that. Yep. Yeah, that's the the biggest problem for a lot of early stage startups. It's getting that true product market fit, and you know, figuring out what those unique selling propositions are, and not only just building them, but also figuring out how to you know find the audience that cares about that and positioning it the right way, um, where where they get it. <laughs> um, but yeah, once companies nail that, it becomes a lot easier to grow the company after that. Um, but that's always kind of a fun, exciting point uh, for every company to go through. But once once you nail it, you know you've nailed it. 
Yeah, um, what was interesting or maybe not usual is that I became um, head of support. Mm -hmm. When they started, the CEO of the company was the uh, other guy who was our the main support guy. Mm -hmm. He, from the point of being the support agent, he, he was running the company as a CEO. And I was um, at the support agency. Look, at the beginning, we received like uh, tons of requests. Um, we, the mission was to provide the ex exceptional customer support. Yeah. No, and uh, not only support, but success. They should start out using our software and we support them on that. We, we do solve their real business problems by automating their workflows, setting up their, you know, communication strategy and frameworks and so on. Um, yeah, so, um, you know, I heard uh, our users, you know, really from the bottom, from their pain point. And then I influenced our development to basically provide solutions for these pain points. Yeah. After two years, we exchanged. So I became CEO again. And um, that guy became a support agent. Nice. That's good to have that perspective, though. Um, you know, any, anybody in the front lines, you could learn a lot from your customers and un truly understand the problem. Totally. Yeah, a lot of times it's easy to, for you know for management to get removed from the customer problem. So it's good at uh, always getting on the call with somebody and you know kind of getting just seeing what what your customer's perspective is. Um, it helps you better understand how to build the product and make every other decision that's relevant for your company. Yeah, right now what we have is the round robin for the support. So um, yeah, we have support agents that. Um, there is somebody from uh, every department who is doing this uh, one day of support, mm -hmm. almost one day a month, just to know like, what was the output of customers. That's an interesting strategy. I've, I haven't heard of that, but that's uh, I like that. <laughs> I might copy it. Just gonna. <laughs> um, no, I think that's good that everybody gets you know they rotate touch points with customers because I think it teaches everybody across all the departments something about their customers and. Um, the moment companies get detached from the customer experience and understanding what customers really need is I think when their their product, their marketing, everything goes off 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 the wrong path. Yeah. Yeah, so it might even seem trivial to spend some time there, but um, it, it it keeps you uh, it keeps you in that customer mindset, I guess. Um, recently, the Starbucks CEO, I believe, was doing a drive through uh, tr was doing the drive throughs himself, right? So he's interacting with customers and kind of seeing how the uh, the operations were uh, were there out, out on the field, which I think is really critical. Um, you know, so it's good to see people like that go out there and uh, roll up their sleeves and uh, see how things are really done. Yeah, you know, you set up the process. Um, the manager, and the top manager, you set up the processes, but then you you should debug them. To debug them. To go through the each stage of the process. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I guess what are what are some books that you're reading right now that you would recommend for other entrepreneurs and founders out there? Look, um, yeah, there is no surprises. The Lean Startup by Eric Rice is a really nice book mm -hmm. from one. Yeah, guy who was uh, at Google, really a nice tool. So um, my my vision is that yes, there are many nice books, but just you have to read. I'm dedicating 30, 45 minutes per day um, to get the new knowledge. And this is very important. From where you get it, just 
choose your main uh, most favorable way so be it podcast book pronoun email address or Twitter, whatever. yeah that's a good point yeah it's it doesn't seem it, 30 minutes isn't a lot but to some people they think it is but it's actually pretty easy to do if you if you set the time aside for it especially before you go to bed or you're, you're kind of starting to wind down for the day that's the best time to do it uh plus um, there's other apps out there like Blinkist, which I use. Um, so that kind of takes a book and it condenses it into about 15 minutes in the form of an audiobook. And from there, you know, you could just get through a book in about 15 minutes and get the main key takeaways from it. And if you want to, you know, dive into the details of the book, I could actually order the book as well through them. But um, it's a good place to kind of start and get the high level points and see if you want to read the whole book. Uh, then you can definitely go down the rabbit hole from there. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm chatting a lot with the um, chat GPT. Yep. And um, actually, yes, we discuss books a lot. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's a good trick too. Yeah. There's a, all these amazing prompts coming out. I keep learning those from people too. But uh, they can just act, ask Chat GPT to do a summary and pull out the key points for the for the book. Um, yeah, because a lot of these books, I find that in general they have like some key rules or, or learnings, and a lot of the other stuff is you know either like case studies, stories, you know, fluff to kind of fill out the book, I think. Um, but if you can get to those key points and really understand, you know, what they mean and how they work in the in a real world application, I think that's the most important thing to pull away from a lot of these books. But I think it could be pretty easily summarized by ChatGPT these days. So I'll have to start using that prompt as well. <laughs> um, I guess, uh, what's one thing that you want pot uh, potential customers to, to know about Shanty and why they should pick your company over, say, another communications platform? Uh, look, we did it as an alternative to all these, um, you know, um, platforms which are pushing you for the upgrading, like, uh, right away, that are activity, baked by the um, investors' money, so they care about the customer, um, getting your data. So we did it different. So, um, this company, or specifically, the company data is really protected. Then um, we came with the very easy paradigm. So it should be just as twice easier than any of our competitors. So we are twice faster. We are, we are twice cheaper, but actually we are six times cheaper now. Um, um, and we are twice easier. You know, uh, it's a no-brainer tool and uh, it's easy to use. It's a pleasure. That's why our customers, and of course, the support is the key. We adore our clients. That's great to hear. Yeah, we're, we're so happy to have you guys on the platform here. And I love your guys' branding as well as a marketing guy. So definitely, uh, you guys got a good program you're running over there. Um, I guess, what's next for Chanty? And where do you see the company in five years? I mean, if you guys are profitable already, I mean, most startups out here aren't even profitable, and they'll go IPO at that point. <laughs> yeah, nowhere early stage but uh, look in five years we will be the information hub for every modern business in the world um yes idea that we should support our customers um, companies and their employees with the smart solutions like intelligent solutions to understand their information exchange um look it's like a your virtual assistant you know, before 
your assistant, it was um, like a luxury, only CEOs can um, afford it. But now with all the leveraging these technologies, you, you as an employee, you, you will be baked with this technology that will help you in your day-to-day -day activity. And yeah. we will be the company who will be providing these solutions. That's great to hear. Well, we're so happy to have you guys in the marketplace and, you know, we look forward to uh, many years of partnership and whatnot and our companies will grow together. Um, if anybody would love to uh, get their uh, team organized and have a better collaborative uh, environment built on the, their incredible communication platform, um, these guys, you know, these guys have one of the top tools in the market and soon to be number one, if not already. I, I don't think I've heard too many <laughs> of your competitors being profitable. <laughs> so sounds like you guys are doing some good over there. <laughs> So um, I recommend everybody check this product out. It's available today in Nacho Nacho's Marketplace. I uh, can get 30% cash back when you get it from us. Um, you know, definitely check out Chanty and uh, uh, Dimitro. Thanks for uh, coming on today. I really appreciate your time. And, and I look forward to continuing to work with you guys as the years go by <laughs> and uh, see your company grow. And likewise. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you. Take care.